What is up, Steeler fans? Welcome back to State of the Steelers. I'm your Steel Curtain Network host, Daniel J. And today we're talking about the calmness before the storm. Right now, this is the kind of the dead area. There's not much news coming out. Uh, the Super Bowl was is, is over. So we're in between that area where the end of the, the 2022-2023 season comes to a close and the 2023-2024 starts. And, you know, right now the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we spoke about this last week, um, how their coaching staff is, is is on the smaller size side of things when it comes to uh, when it comes to perspective against the other coaching staffs in the NFL amongst the other teams. And that coaching staff got just a little bit smaller with the retirement of longtime coach John Mitchell. Uh, he was the assistant head coach. Um, his you know, on field role and, you know, had been shrunken down a little bit uh, with the uh, acquisition of, of Carl Dunbar not too long ago as the official defensive line coach, as that's what Mitchell's specialty was. Um, and, you know, congratulations to him on an amazing career and, you know, his next step forward in, in, in his life. Um uh, but for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that leaves them with one last coach who <clears throat> I believe they are sitting at at 16 coaches on staff, nine on offense. And and that's the crazy thing, because there's nine on offense, five on defense, one for special teams. And of course, the head coach, Mike Tomlin. Now, a lot of uh, Steelers fans and followers want the Steelers to <clears throat> potentially add to the offensive personnel staff there in the coaching department. However, it is their defense that has a uh, relatively um, small amount of members. You know, the, the defense include defensive coordinator Terrell Austin, defensive line coach Carl Dunbar, assistant DL coach Denzel Martin, linebackers coach Jerry O, and DB's coach Grady Brown. Now, it's no secret that Mike Tomlin has a huge influence on the defense. And so... I, I believe that his, um, you know, he has his uh, his game plan spread a pro, uh, sprinkled on this defense all over the place and has a lot to do with it. So, technically, when you look at the um, the uh, the staff that they have, they they have a coach for every position. I do expect them to add to this side of the field. Um, I would expect somebody else as far as maybe perhaps an interior linebackers coach, um, separate the two between interior and outside and get somebody to specialize in that market. Uh, maybe some more help on the defensive backs, um, coaching staff. You know, I know Terrell Austin kind of, kind of helps out with that and that is his forte. And so, um, but he's also in charge of the entire defense. And so, you know, maybe perhaps somebody for the safety, somebody for the corners, I don't know, just add some extra help. Uh, you know, the amount of staff that they have is, is, is pretty small. It's pretty small. Um, but everybody's thinking that since the um, John Mitchell is leaving and is retiring and his title being the assistant head coach, that that could potentially allow for the Pittsburgh Steelers to bring in somebody similar or, you know, the name is being thrown out there, Eric Bieniemy the uh, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, who is taking 
lateral job interviews. In fact, he has an interview. And at the time of this recording, hasn't been hired yet. Just, you know, had a night uh, dinner with the um, the commanders for their offensive coordinator position. And so apparently, you know, he, he's a guy that a lot of folks wonder why he's not gotten a, a head coaching position in the NFL with the success that he has had as the offensive coordinator. And, and it's because of the shadow that he's in. You know, he's he's under Andy Reid. Andy Reid has been the guy that, you know, for the most part, um, is taken, you know, we all assume is is the mastermind behind the offense that is the Kansas City Chiefs. And and that Eric Eric the enemy is just, you know, he he does his part, but it's not it's more Andy Reid than than the offensive coordinator. I think it was uh Colin, Colin Howard, who said, Coward said that, um, you know, be wary of offensive coordinators with head coaches who are offensive minded and be wary of defensive coordinators whose head coach is offensive, uh, defensive minded. And so I think that kind of falls through in this situation when it comes with Eric. Um, and I think he understands that the only opportunity, the only time that, you know, his offense is going to be directly his is if he's not in, under that shadow of Andy Reid. You know, if he goes to a place um, like Washington, where Ron Rivera is the uh, defensive-minded coach, he'll have his. It'll be Eric's. It'll be Eric's offense, and so if it does, if it's able to flourish, then that would be a um, pretty, pretty straight, narrow, forward path for him to end up landing a head coaching job. Which I, for one, think that he may have. Uh, he should have had an opportunity to, to have done so already. Now, everybody's talking about potentially bringing him along as a uh, assistant head coach, that that would be a, um, a, you know, a step up from where he's at as an offensive coordinator uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs and perhaps maybe just taking over duties for Matt Canada. I, I don't think that's a good move on either part, um, especially for for Eric. You know, right now he's looking for lateral moves so that way he can make a name for himself. He wants he wants it to be known that this is his offense. You know, if you're going to keep a, a Matt Canada as an offensive coordinator, the question's going to come up, you know, especially if the Pittsburgh Steelers offense starts moving in the right direction. Is that Eric, Eric the enemy or is that Matt Canada that has got that offense going in the right direction? You know, us as Steelers fans and, and Steelers nation will probably point that it is probably not Matt Canada. If the Steelers are moving in the right direction. However, I mean, he would be the offensive coordinator. And so I don't think that uh, Eric, the enemy is going to go to a place where there's no, there's a question as far as who is the uh, offensive mind behind the game plan uh, for those, uh, for what is being ran on, on Sundays. And so I don't think he's going to be coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would like to see the Steelers make some moves. I think they need to. I think they're, they're, they're getting kind of close there as far as, you know, maybe perhaps being understaffed. I understand that they have a coach in, in every position, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying that they need to hire, you know, a whole lot of guys and, 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 and make it into one of those situations where there's too many uh, chefs in the kitchen. I just feel like you're, you're spreading some of these uh, coaches thin a little bit and um, that could maybe possibly isn't the formula for success. Um, but 
you know, I do think that the Pittsburgh Steelers do need to 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 bring in some some help. Um, you know, having only five five coaches on the defensive side is also not something that you want to see. Uh, you want to see some more. You, you know, there's especially if you want to complicate the defense a little bit, throw in some blitzes, things of that nature. You're going to want some special training in certain areas and and not just one one person trying to teach everything and 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 coach everything and so um in my opinion that is at least uh, i think the Steelers are gonna have to bring in some more folks and preferably before the uh the draft and or free agency that way uh you know you have another mind in there another conversation another person to have a a word into who the Steelers or where the Steelers want to go as far as personnel goes you know there's a lot of holes on this team you know you're looking at the uh, defensive side um, Devin Bush is probably not coming back and I don't think the Steelers want him back to be honest with you. Um, you know, I think they're going to allow him to go out there and, you know, maybe they do want him back on a cheap deal. Maybe perhaps if a Terrell Edmonds type of situation occurs, but, uh, you know, you, you see the game, the, the, the amount of snaps that he had at the end of the season completely just drop off. Uh, I, I think that that's just, you know, the writing on the wall, he's on his way out. Uh, Robert Spillane is a guy that took a lot of the snaps last year as a middle linebacker, especially towards the end of the uh, the season. You know, as as solid as Robert Spillane is, he's not a guy that you expect should be the starting inside linebacker for that many snaps and be that, you know, on the field that amount of time. I think the Steelers have a hole there. I think they try to replace it with, a, you know, they try to fill in the gap there, fill in the hole there with Miles Jack. And maybe hoping that, you know, a year removed from the ACL injury that Devin, Devin Bush would have some, you know, return to some form of his former self pre-ACL. And it didn't happen that way. And I think the Steelers need to figure out, you know, who they're going to have there because the middle linebacker is like your quarterback of the defense. And um, you need somebody that's talkative, can communicate, is smart on the field to call the plays. And, um, you know, and somebody who's dependable that's going to be on the field a lot. Now, from my understanding, this isn't the draft for middle linebackers. I'm not the uh, draft guru. Uh, I won't, I don't know a lot of these players. I don't really watch college football. And so, um, from my understanding and listening to other people that do know a little bit more, this isn't the best draft from inside linebackers. So, the series are probably going to have to go into free agency and and get somebody to bring in and hopefully and fingers crossed. And I, I know a lot of conversations are going on about uh, one Tremaine Edmonds, possibly, you know, joining his brother. If his brother ends up getting re-signed, that's another, uh, another signing that needs to be, needs to be done. It'll be an exciting, it's going to be an exciting um, off season as this is the first time um, in a long time that the start of free agency isn't ran by former general manager, Kevin Colbert, and now it's the uh, con artist, Omar Khan. And I'm excited to see what he's he's going to do. I'm excited to see what, you know, direction that they go in. I'm excited to see, you know, with the free agency and in the draft, if the Steelers end up making some moves that we normally wouldn't have seen under Kevin Colbert. So we'll see what happens. I think this is just a calmness before the storm. And I think we're in for a lot of new changes that are coming up. Um don't go anywhere. We're going to be going over to our uh, to the second side of this. We're going to get a word from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to be 
talking about Steelers making headlines. Talk about the uh, former current Steelers who are in the news. It's a new segment I started last week. We'll continue with that. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. See you guys on the other side. Welcome back to State of the Steelers. I'm Daniel J of of the Steelers Steel Curtain Network. Sorry about that. I love the way that sounds though. Of the Steel Curtain Network. That's the new name of the show, new name of the uh the company. Um going through transition as I'm probably I'm sure you guys are well aware of by now. Um but everything's supposed to stay the same. Shows, names, titles, stay the Steelers here on Saturday mornings. Um I highly recommend you guys go check out the other shows on the Steel Curtain Network, you know, we're looking at uh, just Let's Ride by uh, Jeff Hartman. You have the Stat Geek. You have the Big Brosco Show. You have um, Bad Language, the Preview, so much more um, every day. Not to mention that there's Steeler updates um, going on daily as well. Go check out our Twitter. It's popping off. It's It's amazing. Uh, follow at Steel Curtain Network. So <clears throat> with that all said and all, all that out of the way, um, let's get back to the uh, the show. So last week I started an, uh, a segment called the Steelers in the News. I really didn't like that title, so I'm going to change it to uh, Steelers Making Headlines. And this is going to be uh, referencing current and former Pittsburgh Steelers who come out in the news, made a headline or two. And the first one that I'm going to be talking about is going to be one former wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers, current free agent, Juju Smith-Schuster, formerly of, most recently of the Super Bowl winning champion, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he he started a little bit of a, a Twitter war, so to speak. Uh, on Tuesday, Valentine's Day, uh, <laughs> Juju put out a tweet. It was a um, like a Valentine's Day card that you would get back in the day when you were in school. On the cover of the card is a um, James Bradbury, the uh, defensive back who was penalized for holding against Juju Smith-Schuster in that final drive that led to the win- game-winning, Super Bowl-winning field goal, basically giving the uh, Kansas City Chiefs the victory. Um, he has him on a Valentine's Day card, and the card says, to and from, and says, I'll hold you when it matters most. A little bit of a low blow there. I'm not going to lie. It's funny. I found it funny. I thought it was hilarious. I'm glad I'm glad neither one of those players are on Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I, I wouldn't like this look if Juju was still a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would have laughed just like I did. But, you know, it seemed like a cheap shot. You know, Bradbury had came out and spoke about how he was, you know, he admitted that he held on the play. He was hoping that he didn't get called for it, you know, but it is what it is. But A.J. Brown didn't like it. And he comes back, he claps back with, first off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. He was on your way out the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok boy. He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or ever was. But congratulations again. I mean, that is what (laughs) – that was a pretty – in my opinion, a little bit of a burn. Uh, 
calling him TikTok boy. You know, that was one thing that that really irked me as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan watching Juju doing his TikToks and things of that nature. And there was rumors and things of that nature that perhaps the rest of the league really didn't like what Juju was doing. I don't think uh, how could they if, if he's dancing on your logo? You know what I mean? And so um Juju comes back with glad you were finally able to get that off your chest after all these years. Good game, bro. Thumbs up emoji, ring emoji. CJ Garner comes back. Uh, CJ Garner Johnson comes back on Twitter saying, Juju ran for me when I checked him in the game. Yawn, yawn, yawn emojis. Then 10 got his smoke throwing up. Juju responds with big blue hat. Also, I told you in the game to stop all that talking because we were going to come back and win that game. Now, help me decide which finger I need a good size for this ring. You know, it's just not a good look. You know, I I, I found some of it funny. I found the first response, the, the Valentine's Day card funny. The rest of it's just kind of, it's just not, there's no need for it. You know, and not in my... You just seem like a diva wide receiver at this point. And so for me, my opinion on it, it, you know, Juju, you're a free agent. There's that's one less team. That's not going to be calling for your services. (laughs) I mean, there's the opportunity or the possibility that he could sign with the Kansas city chiefs, but I don't know. We'll see the, uh, the next headline in the news comes from a current player, uh, current, um, current great cam hayward on his podcast not just football with cam hayward you know he was asked about about the eagles quarterback sneak play and and if it angers him and in his and his response was it's illegal they they they're never set if you watch the own line are never set and hayward said that the play should be looked at by the league He says, I'm triggered. Yes, it should be changed. They're never given time. They hurry up to the ball and no one is ever set. They were rolling forward. I have this on tape. We can watch it. I'm always pissed off in these four downs because it's always so skewed to the offense. I'm just confused why they switched the rule. It used to be a penalty to push your guy forward. Nobody really noticed until the Eagles were like, oh, this is unstoppable. You know, I... I think I think I think Hayward has a point there. You know, when you see a player doing a sneak or or whatever the case may be, and you're seeing that player get assisted by two offensive linemen behind him, literally lifting up the ball carrier, and you see the ball carrier basically being pushed back and forth uh, to whoever's the strongest team or whoever has the most help, in one direction or another, and it's not really at the momentum or of the strength or the ability of the ball carrier. It's more of whoever's pushing them in the back or whatnot. You know, when, when it, when a, when a ball carrier gets stopped and starts getting driven back forward, progress is stopped at the point where they got stopped and started getting driven forward back. Maybe, maybe progress should be also stopped in the other direction and make it a little bit more fair. I see his point. I see the point here, regardless of the fact. But Cam Hayward wasn't the only one that talked about this. 
former Steelers teammate Arthur Motes also echoed, uh, echoed a similar similar statement. You know, he stated on his podcast, Philly started to weaponize this in its game where you really couldn't stop it. They'd go for it on every fourth down. Uh, Moat said he believes the NFL just wants offenses to be unstoppable, and if he coached the Eagles, he'd run the sneak on every play. But he also warned the play puts the quarterback in danger. You keep doing that QB sneak, your guys are going down low, your quarterback is sitting right up here up top, he said. Headshotted, it's bad, it's dirty, it's not a good thing, but you want a person to stop running that play, that's what you do. Because you hit Jalen Hurts one time legitimately in the face as a ball carrier. Because that's what he is. You go down there and you put that riddle on him like he's a real running back. And I can assure you that we're not calling the quarterback sneak as frequently, according to Motes. And I agree with what he's stating there. You know, you, you know, they're going to be utilizing a play in that manner. And they're going to be utilizing a player as a ball carrier. Well, yeah, man, we're going to be hit like a ball carrier. It's just what it is. And I think this is the uh, <clears throat> this is the kind of approach that the Pittsburgh Steelers utilize with every mobile quarterback. You know, we've heard similar statements about Lamar Jackson. When you want to use him as a running back, we're going to treat him as a running back. I, for one, like the uh, like the approach. It's a physical approach. It's a, uh, a blue collar approach. And that's one that I think that is the appropriate means. And so. <clears throat> You know, these are two, two, one current, one former Steeler player in the news, making headlines, referencing one of the Eagles' favorite plays. Now, for my last story that is in the news of a, of a former Pittsburgh Steeler making headlines is one of an arrest. Former Pittsburgh Steelers running back arrested um, not too long ago in a nightclub. Let's uh, let's talk about it. Former Pittsburgh Steelers running back Stephen Ridley was arrested following an incident at a nightclub in Mississippi over last weekend. The 34 was reportedly charged with disorderly conduct after being arrested around 1 a.m. Sunday morning last week. He was released on a $750 bond. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2017 and 2018. Um, was drafted by... I believe it was New England. And so <clears throat> unfortunate for him, but he made a headline. We're going to be talking about it. Uh, you know, there's not very much as to what had occurred other than the incident occurred in um, Natchez, which is Ridley's hometown where he was born in. Um, but apparently he had some type of incident at a nightclub that led to his arrest. Um Unfortunate, you know, sometimes these guys got to realize that, um, you know, just because you're a current or former NFL player that you're not a, um, <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're above the law. And so you got to, and sometimes, you know, when you're, when you are an NFL player or a former player, uh, you know, that targets on your back and you got to stand vigilant and not allow yourself to be in a position that's going to find yourself in the news, on the headlines, and with me talking about it. Uh, unfortunate for him, but it sounds like it's a minor incident and that he, that all parties will be okay. But that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed the content. Uh, I look forward to talking to you guys throughout this entire offseason. 
Uh, I'm Daniel J. The State of the Steelers of the Steel Curtain Network. Y'all have a great day, y'all. We'll see y'all next week.